Hi, I'm Terrell Turner, the host of the Finance and Accounting Show, and today we have another great guest on. Now, for all of the accounting and finance professionals and firms, you know, one of the things that you're trying to figure out is how do we add more value to our clients? Like, you know, you may have, you know, tax services or you may have bookkeeping or accounting services, but you're trying to figure out how can we add more value in different areas. So I am glad to have my guests on today because we're going to talk about all the ways that they're adding value to their clients and really excited to talk about what they're doing in the data analytics space for their clients. So stay tuned for today's episode. So without further ado, let me bring on my guest, Laura Gabauer. Welcome to the show, Laura. Thanks, Terrell. Happy to be here. Absolutely. Now, I will say you and I had the pleasure of meeting at a AICPA conference, mm -hmm. and you were an amazing member of the audience. So thank you so much for sitting through you know, my session that I was speaking at. Yeah, absolutely. It's I, I absolutely love going to those just bringing all the knowledge in. Everybody has different perspectives and different things that they've experienced and they've implemented. So was very intrigued by your session and was um, awesome to make the connection with you. Absolutely. Well, again, thank you so much. Um, and one of the things that I had talked about in that session um, was really, I think, how the accounting industry is really really leaning into a slightly different direction from just, you know, punching and crunching numbers in the background, but really getting to the forefront on like how we actually use the data to really make decisions. And, and I think that when you and I talked about afterwards about, you know, the work that you guys are doing in the data analytics space, super excited to have that conversation. So before we jump into that, can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, absolutely. I have kind of a unique background. Honestly, um, I went to school for psychology. Um, so I have a bachelor's degree from Iowa State University in psychology. Never in a million years thought I would be doing accounting, I'll be honest with you. Um, started a kind of part-time job in college doing some accounts receivable, accounts payable for a retirement community. And graduated high college and, you know, was in the workforce looking for that full-time position and ended up connecting with the management company of that retirement community. So I started there as an accounting assistant doing, again, AP, AR, helping a little bit with the month and close, but really that transactional work. Um, I was in that role for, for some time, kind of moved into that senior level but I, I'm one to always raise my hand. So I kept asking the question, well, we've done all the transactional work. Now what happens? What's next? So moved into a staff accountant role, um, ended up keep moving up into a more of a finance analytic role. And, and that's really where I kind of fell in love with the planning, the budgeting, doing some cash flow analytics and, and working more with the owners and the board members. Um, so I spent about five years um, at that company, um, and then I got the opportunity to be a controller for an automotive group. 
So that was a, a really exciting opportunity to have a team, have a team of, of accountants, HR, um, administrative, and really um, grew in that role, started with one entity. And that when I left there um, three years later, I was actually overseeing two other accounting offices for some additional locations that they had. Um, from there, I moved over to a larger convenience store company here in the Des Moines, Iowa um, area and got more into the treasury space. So pulling, pulling back again for my first role, um, really focusing on the cash flow analytics and planning. Um, so really enjoyed that aspect of it as well. But I was just missing the client facing relationship building, you know, going back to my psychology degree. I like people. I really do. I like educating and, and learning with them and helping them. Um, so I got that opportunity to join Bergen KDV um, about a year and a half ago. Um, and it's been it's been great. It's been an awesome transition. And I get to use kind of both sets of my skills with what I'm doing today. Gotcha. Gotcha. So if I'm hearing correctly, so this that you started off with psychology. Mm -hmm navigated through accounting and figuring all that out now fortunately being in a role where you get to combine both your interaction with the client plus mm -hmm. your knowledge of the numbers and everything got it got yeah. it i mean i will say that is not the typical background that you hear. <laughs> right i i know i i get that a lot and people are surprised um it's it's like i said if you had talked to me my senior year in college, I was like, there's no way I'd ever be doing accounting, but it just clicked. Honestly, it, it really did. Um, I ended up going um, and getting a, uh, working towards my two year degree in accounting. So I've got a little bit of the, the base knowledge from that. But a lot of my experience and my knowledge in the field has been hands on real life experience. Nice, nice. You know, it's I guess it's one of those things that gives you a, a different perspective than your typical accountant, because one of the things that I noticed as I just progressed in, in, in different levels of leadership as it pertains to accounting finances, been a lot more time really having to think about, okay, all right, how are people going to take this information? How are they going to process it? And a big part of that is how they feel when they get the information or how they feel about the information. I guess have seen your 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 psychology background come back into play even more in in some of those respects oh absolutely i mean i i kind of joke that we're almost financial therapists you know a financial counselor <laughs> i mean we we really work with the business owners to educate them on what is an income statement telling them what is more importantly what is a balance sheet telling them you know a lot of people start a business but nobody really takes the, that's not focus, right? They don't sit them down and educate them on this is what your AR balance or your your um, your inventory turnover is telling you and kind of just educating them on how they can use that information to better gauge the health of, of their business. So um, it, it definitely has kind of come full circle for me. And um, I would say that's, that's one key area that I really enjoy about the role I'm doing here at Bergen KDV is just being that support person for our clients. Gotcha, gotcha. Now, as you kind of navigated through those different roles of going like, you know, from different industries, you know, mm -hmm. what was that like for you? Uh, you know, was it, did you feel like you were kind of 
starting from scratch as you went to a new industry or did you feel like you were just kind of using the momentum from prior experiences to be successful in the new industries? Definitely a good combination, I would say, of both. Um, there is obviously with any new industry, there's a little bit of a learning curve just to, to know the nuances of that specific industry. Um, but my mind kind of goes back to, to data, right? The data is the same. An income statement and a balance sheet's the same. So really being able to pull my knowledge just from, well, this is how I did it at this industry. Have you guys thought about doing it maybe here and, and kind of just pulling it all together? So definitely a learning curve on, on some, um, but I would say in the role I'm in today, um, you know, we we work with business owners across multiple industries. So it actually has been kind of a benefit to me that I've got so much different knowledge in those different spaces. Now, I do want to ask from kind of a, a, a career and kind of shift perspective, because we have some, you know, a lot of accounting professional, accounting and finance professionals who listen to the show. Yeah. Also, I have a lot of firm owners who listen to the show is what was that transition like when you're working in a company to where your focus is on what's happening with that company to then going to client facing to where now your focus isn't necessarily focusing on the company you work for. It's focusing on the clients um, for the company. So how was that transition for you? Yeah, good question. Um, so my first role with the, the management company, um, you know, we did, we really did serve as an accounting director for multiple um, retirement communities. Um, so there were, there were times where I was servicing up to 10, 10 different month and closes, 10 different um, directors that I'm working with. So I do see a lot of similarities in that. And I do feel like if I didn't have that experience initially in that first role, it would have been a little bit more of a transition. Um, but again, I, I go back to the data. It, it's all the same. It, it, it all, you know, current ratio means the same thing in this industry as it does the other. Sure, there's some things that you may have to take into more consideration to make sure that, that the metrics and the, the KPIs that you're looking at are relevant. But um, it was a pretty easy transition for me, honestly. Awesome. I love it. I love it. Now, one of the things that I'm curious about is with 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 Bergen KDV, you don't really hear a lot of firms really leaning into the data analytics of mm -hmm. what they can do for their clients. So mm -hmm. kind of was that a newer thing um, or was that something that already existed when by the time you made it to the firm? Yeah, it was actually a brand new thing. Um, I actually was the one that brought the idea um, to to the firm. So we, when I joined um, in May of 21, they had vetted some technology um, through the AICPA um, for some cash flow forecasting kind of reporting. They knew they had something really great here, but they weren't quite sure how do we productize it? How do we actually make it an offering that our clients can get value out of? Um, and I honestly, it's kind of a funny story. I was up one night all night thinking about it and just had ideas flowing through my head and went in the next morning, had a good whiteboard session with, um, with uh, my boss. And we created our, uh, we call it business intelligence and analytics very similar to FPNA. We just kind of like to spin it a little bit differently, um, the Bergen way. Um, and we're really focused on providing the right technology 
to make the analytic process easier for everybody. Awesome. Now, when it comes down to data analytics, I mean, I think there's when some people hear that word, their mind goes so many different places to where, you know, something are thinking, you know, like your month in month in analysis of budget versus actual. Some go deep into, you know, quantitative mathematics of looking at layers and layers of data. So when you think about data analytics, kind of how do you kind of explain, you know, what that means and what's the value for clients? Sure. So we like to say, begin with a question and with insight. So it's really about telling the story through the data. Um, It's a five-step process. So really identify your question and that becomes your starting point. Be specific as, as specific as possible. And, you know, you may uncover additional questions as you start through the analytical process. Um, so that's really step one is to identify that question. Step two would be to really source your data. So that becomes your framework to answer that question. And here at Bergen, we like to do kind of a three-layer data source. So we start with financial, connecting the accounting system, pulling in the trial balance. Second layer is the workforce, HCM, payroll data. So getting information around headcount, turnover, salaries. Um, And then the third layer is really the non-financial data. So any other application that a company is using to track data in, let's pull it in. Let's bring it into the technology so that way they really have a good comprehensive overview of everything that's going on. So that's kind of your step two. Third step is to then analyze the data. So that really becomes the powerful communication um, when the data shows not just what the story is kind of initially telling you, you know, kind of going back to where you, you uncover quite a bit um, in that process, you know, look for similarities, looks for differences and the elements will then stand out and provide kind of that template for the story. The fourth uh, step there is really crafting your story. So make it concise, make a good coherent narrative around the data and compel your audience to take action. I think that's the the key thing right there is there's an abundance of KPIs, measures, metrics that we all can look at, but if they're not actionable, what's the point? It's really not providing you any value. And then finally, the last step of the process is to visualize your data. So that just enhances your story and you wanna make sure that it's, it's easy for the audience to understand. So it, it's, it's a fun process. I won't lie to all. It's every day is a little different. You know, we, like we said, we may start looking at financial and trying to answer that question, but that's going to lead us then into the workforce HCM data or the non-financial data. Like, you know, maybe we're looking at customer retention. We need to pull some metrics from their point of sale system. So it, it's really cool to see how it kind of all comes full circle and how they all play a big, big part in the full process. Awesome. I love it. You know, I, last week I was in Atlanta and I was teaching finance at a workshop for law firm owners. And 
you know, one of the big things that, you know, we started talking about on the last day of the conference was walking them through a simplified version of a dashboard. Mm Because I was like, I had to come up with something that I could teach them how to build a dashboard in like less than four hours. Um, So when we started doing that, one of the things I, I saw, like a lot of people had light bulb moments of like, oh, like, the finance is pointing me in the direction of marketing or the finance is pointing me in a direction of operations because that's where the action needs to happen. So I definitely can relate to that. And so I'm curious for, you know, from, from a customer feedback standpoint, when you guys are working with them and you're helping them see like, you know, the story and the data, what's been some of the feedback that they kind of give you or some of the client testimonials that they share about how this has helped them? Yeah, absolutely. Um, You know, the technology plays a big role in that as well. You know, we really want um, the technology that we're using to be user friendly. We want it to be collaborative. You know, the more leaders in the organization that you can get on board, um, the more buy-in that you're going to have to create that data-driven culture. Um, So that's been some good feedback is just the, the use of technology and how easy the process was to pull the financial with the workforce, with the non-financial, um, you know, and this is a true, true stat. 80% of businesses are not utilizing the data that they have because of these technology hairballs. You know, they've got data in five, six, 10 different systems, but there's really not a good, easy way for companies on their own to bring it all together to kind of see it at that very top high level comprehensive view. So it, it's been a really cool process. And once you answer that initial question, you know, that kind of gets the ball rolling. They're, they start asking more questions. Well, what about this? What about that? Um, and then we pivot and we use the data to answer the additional questions that we've uncovered. Awesome. I love it. So if people are interested in finding a little bit more about, you know, the firm and, and you know, the awesome way that they could work with you guys, where is a good place for them to find you online? Yeah, I would say check out our website, bergenkdv.com. There's some awesome resources out there. We have got blog posts, um, uh, resources on all our different offerings because, you know, we really sought out to be a full service professional services firm. So great. We can help you with your tax and audit, your outsourced accounting. We can also help you with your IT services. We can also help you, you know, with forensic accounting. I mean, it's crazy how many offerings we have. So definitely check out the website. That's a good resource. And then um, follow us on LinkedIn. We're always posting some good blog posts and some tidbits about different things that we've got going on, Um, interviewing different leaders throughout the firm just to provide a knowledge share from that point of view, too. Awesome. I love it. Well, before we wrap up, one question that I love asking, well, actually I have two questions. One is by the time this comes out, um, maybe the event will have already happened, but you're going to be speaking at the DCPA event hosted by the AICPA in Austin, Texas. What's going to be your topic? Yes. So myself, as well as Evan Wells from the draft team, will be presenting on how to implement client-facing technology that's not Excel. So tons of great FP&A technology out there. But again, we have the technology, but how do we really productize it? How do we staff for it? So we're really trying to provide some good insight from that on, on kind of how we did it at Bergen and then 
hopefully give them enough knowledge that they can then take it back to their firms and start the process to make it a, a full service offering for their clients. Awesome. I love it. Now, one final question is, you know, if someone was asking you like, hey, Laura, I saw that you were on finance and accounting show with Terrell Turner. Hey, I want to listen to your episode. What are two big takeaways I should be listening for when I listen to that conversation you have with Terrell? What would your two big takeaways be? Yes. So I think the first one would be to source your data. You know, don't just focus on the financial piece. You know, it's great. It tells you a lot, but being able to pull in all the other workforce, non-financial, just all the data that companies have that they're not utilizing, that would be key, making sure that we're looking full picture. Um, also to make sure that the KPIs and the metrics that we're presenting are actionable. Because I think I mentioned that earlier, we can you can have all the dashboards in the world with all kinds of KPIs and metrics, but if it's not something that's going to be actionable to the business, it's a waste of time. So making sure that you're really identifying that question, using the data and the metrics to answer that question so that they take away something um, back with them that they can actually implement and make a change. Awesome. I love it. Well, Laura, thank you so much for being an amazing guest today. Oh, thank you, Terrell. I really appreciate the opportunity. It was a pleasure. Um, always up for knowledge sharing and very passionate about the, the topic. So I'm happy to help and happy to meet up with additional people and, and do some knowledge share. Absolutely. Thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Finance and Accounting Show. If you like what you heard, don't be selfish. Make sure you hit that subscribe button and then share this with a friend because you know a business owner that could definitely use this insight. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, share it with a friend, and turn on the notification bell so you get all the updates when we release a new episode.